0: Doug and Marty versus The World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and Easytvspots.com. Round one, go. Well, 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 good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm just trying to get a quick count. Marty, maybe you can help me out. i just get a Taking a quick inventory, how many uh, New Year's resolutions have you already messed up on?
1: <laughs> how about not even <laughs> making them? That makes sense, right? <laughs> uh,
0: come on, dude, that's not even
1: right. No, 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 no. Uh, about half of them, I've. Uh, uh, come on, there we go. Come on,
0: <laughs> fifty. You're fifty percent. Uh, you know, um, I do owe you a dollar. Yes, so you do. I'm gonna. <laughs> co- I'm gonna just obviously just. Uh, you know, go ahead and suck it up and say that uh, Kevin McCarthy did get elected before technique. It was like barely before barely, last week's program. Couch, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you know what the, uh, my old employer used to say, used to say it's better to owe it to you than beat you out of it. So I'm just going to owe it to you, brother.
1: <laughs> OK, there we go. All right. <laughs> maybe well,
0: maybe then- the next time we hit Starbucks or something, I might like uh, spring for the whipped cream or something.
1: And for our listeners who are tuning in, this is Doug and Marty versus the world. And I'm still Marty McClendon. And, and I'm still
0: Doug Bassler, even though yeah. uh, I'm a dollar uh, poorer than I was. A dollar,
1: dollar shorter. Isn't there an old song like that? Like Another Day Older, Deeper in Debt, something like that. Yeah. Ernie Ford. Hey, I know we have a guest and we're going to get there right away, but. I have, I saw something posted by you, man. I, I don't know if it was because you had secret documents stored in your garage or what, <laughs> but <laughs> right, somebody, right next to the Corvette, I'm hoping to buy. Right. Um, but what happened to your son's
0: truck, brother? And what is that? So, yeah, I thought, I thought it was thunder and lightning, uh, Saturday night, about one 30, heard this loud boom and uh yeah one of my neighbors uh down the street decided to uh did, this is the thing I uh, don't drive angry she was uh, broke up with her boyfriend or something and she come down the street and she just she hit uh brett's pickup and drove it right into callie's um mazda so to- both those cars are total loss. she ended up on the side and and uh, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting night and I had to play guitar at worship the next day. So that was, I was a little foggy. <laughs> Some say I played better. <laughs> They're like, you know, you should laughing. come tired. You oh. should come tired more often. No, at any rate, what, you know, but I'm just, uh, you know, I'm glad nobody got hurt and whatever. And uh, they oh, both needed need new cars anyway.
1: There we go. There we go. I I will say for our listening audience, Doug's got a street where there are cars literally aligned on both sides of the road too. Yeah, wouldn't take much to get a get a a cross, if you will. But I figure maybe you're just clearing up room, like you said, to get that Corvette and those documents, like.
0: Yes. (laughs) So so I think he's done. I honestly think this is the end of the Biden presidency. But um, you know, we can talk about that next week. We have an amazing. Uh, guest with us today, he's been with us a couple of years ago. We ran into him, uh, uh, when he came over for the Roanoke Conference. By the way, the Roanoke Conference is coming up uh next weekend at Ocean Shores, Washington. You can uh, find out just a Google the Roanoke Conference, and if you want to come to that, I'll be there. I don't think Marty's going to make it this year, but um, always a lot of fun. It's fun to go to the beach, even in, in January, even though it's usually you know, vertical brain and all that stuff but and, and we're not
1: being sponsored by them but we will say that it is the best time of the year to find out who's running for office what's going on what the plans are kind of what the, and it's a, a blast to get together with people that are in the battle together so definitely yep. recommend it
0: So uh, last year I we had the the distinct honor of uh meeting Brad dacus he's with Pacific Justice Institute PJ uh. dot org. Uh. They do uh an amazing job of uh, fighting uh for our uh, our rights and uh, so I just want to welcome Brad to the show. Brad, how are you,
2: sir? I'm uh, doing well. Thank you. It's uh great to be on your show. Thank you.
0: So um I don't know if a lot of our listeners uh know or remember what you guys do,
2: but why don't you just give us a you know a five thousand foot level of uh, PJI. You bet. Uh. So. TJI, we, we started it in, in 1997 with the help of Attorney General Ed Meese, and now we've uh, we've exploded. We defend re- religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. Uh, we have uh, 27 offices in 20 states across the country, coast to coast, from Miami to Seattle, from Southern California to Boston, and many play uh, you know Chicago to to Houston. So many places in between. Uh, we do all our work without charge. What makes us sort of unique, because people may say, why well, are they this group, or are they is that, the, is that the same as that group? Um, what makes us unique is, first off, we have more offices across the country than anyone else. We have a, a major ground game that empowers us to keep every school board, every city council, every a state legislature uh, in check. Uh, we also are unique in that we don't just cherry pick a few high profile cases. Uh, we work hard to make sure that everyone gets help, that no one's left on the side of the road. And thirdly, we have probably have more cases in active litigation. We have over 120 cases in active litigation uh, than any other organization of our kind, bar none. Um, and that's very, very important. Uh, so we're, uh, we're very unique. Uh, we are the doers. People get the biggest bang for the buck also with Pacific Justice Institute. I encourage them to compare us uh, with others when they go to charitynavigator.com. I think it is. I think it's what it's called charitynavigators.com, charitynavigator.com. And uh, we have the highest ranking and they look at efficiency, transparency, integrity, and we have the highest rating of any organization of our kind in America. Now, I, uh,
1: personal experience, we know you've helped out several people, even in the Northwest, when they reach out to you, either through advice or bringing, uh, having one of your colleagues come by and give a training or kind of give an update of what's going on as far as these, these battles. And when you cover the fact that it's religious freedom, religious liberty, right? The parental right. rights, which is huge, it always has been huge. Central to that, right? It, right. These things right in our alley as conservatives, as Christians, and understanding how it is. The the question that glares or jumps off the page when you, when your opening statement there is, you do it without charge. You know that right there is people want to know, well, how do you get paid? Then how, I mean, you can't. You know, are you independently wealthy, or how do you fund your efforts? But it can't it can't be cheap to do what you do.
2: Yeah, well, my, my grandfather, Mr. Vanderbilt, has funded—no, I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Uh, it would be nice, it would be nice, but there is no Rockefeller or Vanderbilt uh, on our board. Uh, no, the reality is uh, we're funded by moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, and a good number of churches out there actually now are also supporting us, because uh, they see what we do. They see that we're not just talkers. We don't just take on a few pro cases and highlight them and work with a, a marketing team out of New York. And uh, we're a, a ministry first. And uh, many people may not understand that what I'm really the depth of what I'm saying there is that but we really work hard to make sure everyone gets help and people realize that. And so we have a, a you know grassroots support of people who see our results and they make a difference. In fact, I encourage people if they want to support us on a one-time or monthly basis, we have a matching gift campaign right now for are matching uh for matching uh support for every monthly donor um they can just go to our website or they want to get our, our our legal insider newsletter this is once a week it's short it's talks about our cases it keeps people updated i strongly encourage them uh to go to our website and it's pj pji.org uh, we would be here for days if i just talked about all of our cases and litigation um, so we're just going to sort of skim over uh, a lot of our, our cases, but if people really want to keep up to date and if they, also if they're a prayer warrior, you know, let us know because we have a, a prayer warrior list where we give certain emails out that we don't want uh, everyone in the world to know about, but we are things that nonetheless that we see the need for prayer and intercession for.
1: Now, I know we want to cover these cases. I know you're going to cover some of them. And of course, I want to hear your story again, because it's pretty inspiring as well yeah the, being involved in this and who you are as a person this right here though doug and i talk all the time about unequal scales about this two-tier justice mm-hmm. system in america you know how you have the little guy or the people trying to do just right uh, live their life raise their kids and so forth and they end up in hot water and oftentimes they don't have the resources or even the skill set or don't know who to reach out to to help them out and so that's where it comes down to for all those that have a heart like doug and i That are like, where's the justice, right? Where's God, what's God doing? And here's an opportunity where God is doing something through a missionary thing for those that are believers that want to see justice done for those that are following, right? Or walking in faith that are being challenged by big government, big corporation, big whatever it may be. This is an opportunity for them to go, hey, here's a place I can sow into. So I want to encourage them, right, Doug? Yeah. Yeah
0: cool. <laughs> so
1: Brad, why you why say we start I never off? keep it short.
0: I just wanted to, you know,
1: there we go. Spell uh, that uh, Brad, tell us your story real quick and we'll get back into the, what, what PGI is doing.
2: No, certainly. I mean, as far as going back to my uh, teen years and mm-hmm. uh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. And, and people say, well, gosh, he's going back to his, his teen years. I mean, you know, how, how can that be relevant for today? Well, it's actually, it's very relevant. Uh, you see, I was a, a Christian and I still am a Christian and, uh, but when I was 16, I was driving to school in my little Opel GT, and a motorcycle was passing cars as I was heading up a hill coming from the other direction. Went smashing through my windshield, smashed to this whole left side of my face. Uh, this has all been reconstructed, and uh, it's, it was very traumatic. I had major, you know, jaw disconnected, face was smashed. Uh, I had major brain damage as well. Uh, they had to cut a large hole for just the brain to swell the left frontal lobe would deal with logic, reasoning, analytical thinking, speech communications. And uh, I was in critical condition and I was struggling to live. And uh, God did a miraculous work. He not only allowed me to live, uh, but he provided incredible, tremendous, uh, miraculous healing. My hearing came back in my ear. My uh, vision was 2015, even though I had to reconstruct the socket and had uh, issues involving tissue behind it. Uh, you know i went back uh, to school took about a year and a half of hard work and studying uh, to for a lot of neurons to reconnect but uh, by god's grace it did and i went on to to uh, get my degree in finance at texas a m university with a 3.86 in my major put myself through school undergrad uh, working part-time partially as a real estate agent and then i worked two years uh, well, one year with uh, electronic data systems uh, in london and, England and Uh, And also then a year with the US Senator Phil Graham as a legislative assistant representing the Senator at uh, congressional hearings, et cetera. Uh, And then I went to one of the top 20 law schools in the country, University of Texas, graduated in the top half of my class and uh, put myself through law school as well. So um, that's sort of a bit of my background, but the the important part of it is people say, well, that's terrible, you had to go through that accident. But but for that accident, uh, I don't believe I would be ready to do what I'm doing because God taught me a number of things. One is that humility is recognizing that without God, we're nothing, uh, but with God, we're everything. Uh, it's uh, giving glory where glory's due, which is all glory to God. And when God takes everything away from you and then he gives it back, uh, you have a keen appreciation. I relate to Nebuchadnezzar very well in his prayer in the Old Testament after he's restored back to his as king, uh, after being made like a wild animal. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, re- I relate to that guy. And and what his prayer is, is uh, right on point. Uh, And he understood what humility really was, which is recognizing where everything comes from. Also God's power, that uh, God isn't weaker today. He's not intimidated by the internet or technology. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a powerful God. And we really can't put our trust completely in him. And also his sovereignty. Um, I won't get into Calvinism and all that kind of stuff, but just the basic bottom line principle that uh, we can really be anxious for nothing. Because we can put our trust in him and know that he is actively engaged in our lives and we can uh, and put our hope and trust in him as we move forward, uh, which is critical for me and what I do uh, and uh, being able to to deal with all that we're undertaking. And then also, um, you know, just uh, the whole uh, you know, concept of grace, you know, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Uh, and it's not about us and it's not about being perfect. I'm not perfect. But uh, recognizing that God will still work through us anyway, even though we're not perfect, because Jesus was perfect, and we put our hope and our trust in Jesus and what He did on the cross for us, and uh, and making us new creatures and new people in, in in Christ, and our faith in Christ and what He did on the cross for us. So that's sort of my background, and since then I'm moving forward. Now I've we've got we've got this organization I started in 1997 by the, the grace of God, and 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 uh, we've got a uh, radio program on hundreds of stations across the country. And we've got, uh, we're helping lots of people. And uh, it's a real blessing to uh, be able to, to serve. And, and I, I really appreciate you guys in your, in your station and what you're doing because, uh, you know, we need truth. We need truth uh, discussed, we need it distributed. There's been a, a, an attempt to oppress truth, to, uh, to punish people who don't have a certain way of thinking, uh, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or whatever. And um, and what you what you guys are doing is very important. that's why I'm such I feel so privileged to be on your program. Thank you very much.
0: And when you know, you mentioned uh, Attorney General Edwin Meese. So how was that what's that connection? Tell us more about that.
2: Yeah, I knew him vaguely from conferences that I would attend. And I so did he think was that,
0: attorney general when Reagan was president, right? Yeah,
2: he was attorney general when Ronald Reagan was yeah, he was a fantastic attorney general. He was a one of Unlike my like the current one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> night and day, night and day. But uh, he was like a role model to me, and I thought, you know what? If if you don't ask, you don't receive, right? So right. I got on the phone and I called him. and Says, Attorney General Ed Meese, you you may not remember me. I, I met you at a, you know a conference, and uh, but uh, I'll, here's what I'm doing. I want to know if you'd be willing to be a chairman uh, of our advisory board and and uh, you know give direction. He said, Brad, I'd be more than happy to. Didn't hesitate for a second, and he risked a lot because. You know, I didn't have any gray back then uh, I could have made terrible mistakes, I could have hurt his reputation, uh, but he was willing to take the chance. And because of that, it gave us immediate credibility and which allowed us to move forward and spring forward and and grow and now we've of course we've exploded the last few years with so many attorneys in so many states across the country uh, helping so many people. I mean that's that's fantastic, so I just want to you know. I'm
0: I'm a history buff and I, I see you're, you know, more like our age. Uh, what was your very first case?
2: Oh, my very first case. Um, one of the first that at least comes to my mind, let me put it that way, uh, was uh, dealing with a gentleman who worked for the state of California, the Department of Education, and was told that he had to uh, not have any religious items in his private cubicle. So he had like a Bible verse on his screen, and he said, oh, you can't have that. Now, he didn't work it with people coming in from the outside, customers, civilians. He was, you know, he was a work there in that department, and he had co-workers that would pass by, but that was it. Well, some of his co-workers were intolerant and says, oh, he has Christian things. I, I find that offensive, even though in their private cubicles, they had, you know, radical, you know, leftist propaganda materials and uh, with a different worldview from a biblical worldview, but they said, "Oh no, him! We, that's in, that's offensive. It's offensive. It's you know, separation church and state." So uh, he was reprimanded. We represented him, filed a lawsuit. Bottom line, we took this thing on appeal to the Ninth Circuit, and the court held that uh, that no, you you can't do this. Government, you can't censor religious speech with employees, particularly when they're not serving people from the outside who might be in any way intimidated by the faith. Uh, there's he's protected so it was a fantastic uh, victory and we uh, were very pleased with that we had another early case was we dealing with a girl wanting to sing a religious song for the talent show in a public school and uh was told that oh you can't do that this is like an elk grove school district california and uh, said oh you can't do that uh, separation of church and state we moved in and she was able to sing her song after our representation um, and then we had another case way back dealing with standardized testing of children up and down the state of California. All our early cases were California. Now, of course, they're all over the country. Uh, but this was dealing with a, a standardized test that wasn't just a regular test. It was an inquisition. It asked kids about their families, their moms and dads, what, what they believed, uh, their perspective on life. How did the parents make them feel? Uh, it was a, an inquisition on the family. We went into four different superior courts. We got injunctions against the state of California empowering parents to completely opt their kids out. It spread like wildfire. The test collapsed, uh, was thrown in the trash, and we held them accountable. Um, That was also very important for parental rights and parental rights protection.
1: None of their business. Yeah, Well, yeah. Think about about the last 20 plus years, though, since then, what's happening with education and how now the, the parents' eyes are waking up the indoctrination the mm. the lgbtq agenda the transgender stuff i mean it's it's a warfare there and so what Yeah, what and, you, and right. what
0: we're hearing from brad obviously is this, this thing just didn't just didn't start last year mm-hmm. right this is wow. a this is 25 26 years of 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 doing this and um it looks like it's a target rich environment
2: yeah it, you're absolutely right it's very target rich uh things have gotten much worse in terms of the challenge Uh, on one hand, in in terms of what the children are being exposed to. You know, my wife and I wrote a book in about the year 2000 uh, talking about, uh, you know, uh, how to reclaim your school, your public school, all the things you can do to be a positive impact on public schools. Uh, But now, uh, our latest efforts have been to empower churches to start church homeschool Mm co-ops, to try to uh, save as many kids as possible from what I call spiritual death camps, which is public education. Uh, yes if kids are in public schools yes do everything you can to have a positive impact Uh, don't leave a single one of them behind who may still be in those what i call spiritual concentration camps Uh, but at the same time uh, we're working very aggressively to empower parents in every way shape and form uh, to uh, have uh, exercise other options whether it's private schools homeschooling or this new configuration church homeschool co-ops which is sort of like little house on the prairie if you will Mm -hmm. where people are meeting in the church for their school and and the parents are working together uh, cooperatively and uh, really providing an alternative to families who in the past had no alternative and couldn't afford private education.
1: We've seen a couple big groups down like Vancouver doing that in Washington State, uh, where it's a co-op and where like really thousands of kids uh, parents are saying, you know, we're pulling you out of the public education. We're going to join forces. We'll have we'll hire people within our group to teach certain subjects. I think that's fantastic. But since you have a bigger spread than we do across when it comes to the nationwide, are you seeing that everywhere or just in pockets?
2: Oh, everywhere! Exclamation mark! Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's it's so exciting, and that's one reason, great reason we have all these attorneys across the country to help with state legislation, to empower it more, but also to help people on a local level and churches. Uh, it's uh, it's it's very exciting. The numbers. I'll give you some of the numbers. So. Uh, there's a, there were a 5.8, 50.8 million children enrolled in public education a year ago. Um, that number has dropped by 1.4 million, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, and that's a conservative estimate. Uh, homeschooling has been the primary beneficiary. It's, has grown more than anything else. And uh, in terms of alternative education, we uh, are we're, we're going to see it continue to grow. And as we have, the more blue the state is, I believe, the more blue the school district is, uh, the, the higher rate of parents pulling their kids out. And it's, it's that simple. If public schools really want to survive. If they want the future of public schools as we know it to survive, uh, they need to be doing everything they can to adopt policies that are respectful for parental rights, uh, uh, examination of uh, of curriculum to make sure it's academic and not indoctrination. Um, you know, these are, are basics and school districts that do that will have a longer lifespan than those that don't. A hundred. I, 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 I just was, uh, remembering
0: Marty. I was actually in Vancouver, Washington back in 97. Right. And, um, that sounds like an interesting year. And my, uh, daughter my oldest daughter was in middle school and she had a little run-in and we went into the to meet with the principal and whatever maybe her teacher one of her teachers or something and in the middle of the conversation they go are you threatening us let's I out of the blue and um we're like oh no we were just having a conversation we pulled all three of our kids out of school the next day because we knew they were trying to set us up for something like what you, know, you you know, just your 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 discernment, like and so we ended up homeschooling those three. She was middle school. The other two were uh, grade school, and they they've done better in life. They've gotten farther, done better in college, and uh, that type of thing. And then, of course, we had two more, and um, we didn't homeschool them. We went the easy way. We went Christian school,
2: yeah. <laughs> and that works. That can work as well. But I will say. Um, that uh, a lot of private Christian schools uh, need to be scrutinized very carefully. Uh, you know, Some of them seemingly are religious and Christian have a big cross in front of them and they can be, bring in woke material, LGBTQ propaganda, uh, you know, especially you know, Episcopal and uh, some of those mainline denominational private schools. Uh, parents need to be very cautious. But that said, uh, there are some fantastic private Christian schools out there they do a great job uh, both academically as well as spiritually. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen that as well. And, and uh, so, and, and I, I try not to be too dogmatic. I used to be at a point where, you know, that every good family, every true blue Christian family is gonna homeschool. and uh, And then I had two kids. Yeah, and and I I learned that. I learned one of them taught me real clearly. uh, This is not necessarily a good formula for for everyone. Private Christian schooling can actually uh, play a role there too. So I encourage everyone to really just be open to what God's leading them to do. But uh, what you said was very true. Private uh, kids from public from home schools, uh, they they are higher advanced academically. They overall have higher scores on their SAT tests than kids in both public and private schools and charter schools. And also one of the you know, the, the propaganda arguments, they say, well, these kids aren't going to be um, as socially uh, you know, skilled. They're going to be sort of weird hermits and, and not be able to adapt to society. Well, the, the facts are uh, that these kids will actually advance faster in corporations, studies show, than kids from private schools or public schools or charter schools. And you can't advance faster in a corporation unless you have a high emotional quotient and people skills and communication skills, uh, which are actually uh, complemented through homeschooling and homeschoolers working together.
0: Well, ultimately, it's it's about being involved with your kids right. or your they're your kids, you know, and that's that's really kind of the battle, right, for you. It's like whose kids are they? This is what uh, caused uh, Youngkin to get elected in Virginia. One of the main causes, like. his opponent was saying we don't think parents should be involved in children's education and i'm like hello and parents said
2: uh no to that and so i think that's that's really the main the main focus correct oh you're absolutely right and the reason he won the issue and the reason he won was parents rights that was the issue and that that is carrying over as an issue across the country we saw it part in to some degree in this last election but i think we're going to see it more and more as we see blue states and and some school boards uh, not to get the message in Texas, there were a lot of school boards that flipped from being liberal woke teacher union controlled to being parent controlled and. Uh, making the proper changes in fact we at Pacific justice have model policies for school boards to adopt. And uh, we're actually working on a, a special zoom call for all newly elected and existing elected school board members across the country to help empower them to be more, more effective now that they have positions of influence. I you're love listening that. to
0: uh, Doug and Marty versus the world. Our guest today is Brad Dacus with Pacific Justice Institute On that's pji.org if you're just joining us. And uh, so Brad, I, I have a, a kind of I a, a, I don't know, mechanical question. It would seem to me that you need a different caliber of attorney to to be on your your part of your group, how do you find these guys and gals? Uh, <laughs>
2: um, it's not easy. Um, it's not easy because we don't just want an attorney who's a competent, skilled attorney. They also need to have high ethics. Uh, they also uh, need to have some expertise that actually contributes to what we do. And most attorneys out there don't have that expertise um from any angle necessarily some do and, uh, and then we also have to have attorneys who are uh, not only believers and uh, committed in their walk with Christ but also have a humble heart uh, you can be a, a believer but still have uh, as your end game uh, to be uh, the most recognized attorney to argue for the Supreme Court I mean we we get that and so we want we want to work with attorneys who are team members who have humble hearts have servant hearts um, and yet have a ca- high competency and skill set, and share the vision of what we want to do uh, in this particular area of law. Okay, okay so you've
0: got so you've got this this list. Where do you find these people? Because you know the old joke. You know what do you call ten attorneys on the bottom of the sea? A good start.
2: Yeah. You know, where, what is
0: that? <laughs> you know what is now, how do you where are they?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, they're all, they're um, they're across the country. Uh, here's how we find them though. Uh, first I mentioned on programming on my radio program and other programs like just now uh, the fact that we're looking to hire more attorneys uh, you know that's uh, that's part of it. in fact uh, we also use other uh, techniques which is giving notices to uh, law schools, uh, law or legal organizations like Christian legal Society, Federal society uh, where you're likely to to find an attorney more likely to fit in with what you're you're wanting to do and, uh, and then we have some some secular, uh, recruiting methods that we use as well. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of work. And, uh, but the people who are part of our team, you know, they're, uh, they're great attorneys, they're, they're team members, they work together uh, they're cohesive. So when one, when one PGI attorney is representing someone, uh, there's a whole team of attorneys working with that attorney. Uh, it it seems to me,
0: you know, kind of in the whole, you know, marketplace ministry, you know, quote unquote, that you're you're looking for attorneys that are called to this, that they're called to really, to justice, to to doing the right thing. Um, you know, I, I've heard that in law school, a lot of times when you take constitutional law, they never actually read the constitution, right? It's, it's more about the cases and the court, they, they don't really do um, the constitution. So do you right. require your attorneys to know the constitution, bro?
2: <laughs> yes, uh, that's a good point. Uh, it is true, actually, that I would say 99%, maybe 98% of the attorneys in the United States have never read the Constitution, the entire that Constitution.
0: That is astounding.
2: Say that again. I'd say 98, 99% 98, of the attorneys across the United States have never read the entire Constitution. Wow. So it's as now, bad as Congress. Had, now, they've had constitutional law courses, absolutely. And they're tested on the Constitution, but it's only certain parts of the Constitution. and. You know, it's it's a shame, yeah, but yeah. you know, but that's something that we do. I you know, I know when I speak to uh, to Tea Party groups and some re- re- you know Republican political groups, uh, they'll keep me on my, my toes because they'll say, "Now, what about Article Three, Section Two, uh, the second paragraph? It talks about you know, uh, the Constitution." So they they you know, I, I get kept on my toes pretty well, but uh, it, it's still I th- very important I think for us to go back to the Constitution. In our uh, legal training, and we at Pacific Justice, you know, we we're all about uh, respecting the original intent of the Constitution, the strict construction of the Constitution, because that foundation uh, is a foundation respecting our fundamental rights, uh, which are, are inherently an inherent acknowledgement of the laws of nature and nature's God and natural law. And yet, we have uh, law students. I've had professors who teach something very divergent to that, and. Of course, I was a pretty outspoken law student and I would challenge my professors, uh, but uh, most of them don't. They just take it in. So we work really hard to make sure the attorneys we have on staff understand this this foundation of where law comes from, uh, what is the foundation of it, and the foundation of our Constitution.
0: So you said you have, is it 27 states or how big are you? 27
2: offices in 20 states. We're looking also to open an office in Maryland. Right now we're looking for an attorney in Maryland. Um, also in uh, Tennessee, um, you know, uh, Colorado, um, you know, those are places uh, we need to new another, fill that office we've opened. Washington was Colorado. one of the early states, right? We have, yeah, we have two offices now in Washington. Wow. Yeah, we have, so, uh, yeah we're place, looking for one in too. Oregon also. We're looking to hire an attorney for the. Oh, yeah, well, the we Oregon. need one. And an also Southern, in Southern California, we're looking to hire another attorney in Southern California. Yeah, California is, it's a lost cause. You guys just move out. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no. We got a, so, uh, we've got a great constitution and we've got a great Supreme Court. Well, that's what I was, and, that's what I was going to say is like, yeah. you know, if do do because of these,
0: like here in Washington state, our state constitution is even more rigid than the federal constitution on a lot of these rights. And yet we still have a state, you know, legislature, governor, et cetera, that are, you know, wholly ignoring it, right? So are your attorneys also required to, you know, know the state constitutions and things like that, or do you typically stay at the federal
1: level?
2: No, that's a good question. Um, some organizations will just argue at the federal level and they just, just the U S constitution and that's it. Uh, we put our clients first. And what that means is we look at everything in the arsenal and that includes the state constitution, state laws, as well as federal laws, uh, municipal codes, Uh, We we go all the way down to look at all the arguments to go to bat for our clients, you know, we we looked at municipal codes to uh, to stop the unlawful taxation property taxes of uh, churches and private Christian schools in Auburn uh, in the Auburn area of California, Uh, you know people organizations often don't do it takes a lot of work, but we we do that because our goal is to put our clients first. And not use our clients to make just some grandiose uh, success at the Supreme Court at the expense of our client not being fully represented. So let me ask you this: Do you win? Oh yes, uh, we win uh, many more, t- <laughs> many many more times than we do than we uh, don't win. And part of that reason is because number one, our, our attorneys are hard workers. We take our clients very very seriously. We we want uh, a quality litigation. Uh, work from our attorneys, number one. And they understand that. Um, Number two, this area of law that we engage in, parents' rights, religious freedom, sanctity of life, the other side's attorneys, cities, state attorneys, whatever, they're not experienced in this area. They're not up to par with this area. Uh, So we have an advantage in that we understand it better than they do. But also, we don't like to have cases that are, are not necessary. Our goal is not more litigation. That's part of our problem. We have so many lawsuits and they're growing. Yeah. Uh, so we work hard to get things resolved up front. So we'll send a, a detailed several pages and pages of, of, uh, of a demand letter to the other side explaining the law, explaining up front how they're what they're doing is unconstitutional or illegal. And then more than nine times out of 10, we get things resolved. And we save taxpayers a lot of money because we help go government get things corrected without the need for uh, for litigation. But make no mistake, we're our, our litigation is. is booming across the country, and uh, we're making setting great case law and and some great decisions. Yeah, we've heard
1: for years about the the court backlog, you know, like takes forever to get through the court system. Obviously, you deal with a lot of things prior to going to court. That's where the legal expertise comes in right now. um, I want to circle back a little bit here. I work with a bunch of attorneys in the real estate industry, and it's it's interesting to see they're all very smart, very nice, very liberal. And you realize that they've gone through all you know 12 years of high school, four years of college, two or three years of law school, plus all the all hearing the same indoctrinated type thing. So they they they're aghast at some conservative, Christian type thing. It's almost like they beat it out of them over time. I want to come back to this, re-emphasize, if you will, how important it is for parents to be aware, no matter where they go. Because, like, to your point earlier, even <laughs> Christian schools you've got to be a watchdog and say, "What are you teaching my kids?" Mm. Right? All too often, it's easy to go along with the public or the the, the narrative that, that goes along with whatever separation of church and state or whatever, and it's not the truth, right? So, parents getting engaged, making sure that they're actually involved in the day-to-day. Education for kids. Go ahead, Brad.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's so important, and we at Pacific Justice have some great tools for parents in this regard. So one of those tools uh, is our opt-out forms, and we don't just have a generic one. We've customized opt-out forms, looking at not only federal law but also state law for each of the fifty states. Customized opt-out forms for the state of Washington, for Iowa, for New Hampshire, et cetera. Uh, These are give parents the greatest. Uh, Empowerment to protect our kids the greatest way they can under the legal constructs. It's not perfect, but it's uh, it can be very very helpful. Um, Then we have also information. This is real important because uh, public schools uh, often are uh, grounds can be a a nightmare in reporting children to child protective services uh, for quote abuse or neglect simply because the child has parents that may not want to affirm their gender identity confusion or sexuality or uh, whatever the issue may be the, the, that the left has come up with and so a lot of kids are taken from parents by social workers across the country Well, we respond to that and we have on our website uh, a very critical article that every parent needs to get and needs to have your grandparent download it and send it to the parents everything is without charge on our website there's no you know, there's no uh, hidden fee, okay? So uh, it's 12 steps to protect your children from CPS or known as social workers, mm-hmm. but 12 steps to protect your children. Very important. Uh, parents should download that, they should print it out, and they should go through it, and we give emergency counsel in that regard as well. Uh, public schools, working cooperation with social workers uh, across the, the country can be very problematic, especially in blue states. It's extremely problematic. Thousands of children are wrongfully, permanently taken from their their families, and a lot of that's because parents simply don't know what their rights are to protect their kids.
0: That's I mean that's really the issue, right? People don't know, uh, and they 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 use that ignorance. And uh, what happens uh, if you get a person that's like in the middle of that? Are you able to um, get the kids back, or how does that?
2: Yeah, if the children have yet to be taken and their investigation has started, and uh, we have a very, very high success rate of keeping the children from being taken, I'd say bit, more than a 98%, it's actually a bit like 99 plus percent success rate. There's only one case example I can think of uh, when the children were taken, when they followed our instructions, and the instructions on that 12-step article I mentioned from our website, pji.org, and... Uh, that case was one where we were able to get the kids restored uh, after two weeks uh, because the parents had did everything that we told them to do and because it in a rare sense it was not successful we went ahead and stepped in another example of where we stepped in was dealing with a child 16 year old she was going to said she wanted to be a boy told her her teacher told the school counselor told the social worker she was taken from her, her christian home they're going to start the injections and the procedure to, to change your quote unquote to a boy um, well we were contacted we went right into court we got it halted uh, prevented and at the end of a litigation the girl said you know your honor actually i think i changed my mind i think i just want to stay being a, a girl and uh, we saved that girl from being phys- physically mutilated yes. and, um, and uh, so we we've we're on the, the cutting edge Uh, in these issues uh, of parental rights. Uh, Some organizations don't even do parental rights, by the way. I I know one organization, they'll just stay away from it or they won't get involved in controversial issues. We're like, for example, we're leading the nation across the country in the cases defending people who are told that they uh, have to compromise their faith in order to keep their job. They have to be vaxxed, even though they feel convicted that God does not want them to be, have the controversial COVID-19 vaccinations or boosters. Um, some people have different opinions, but uh, our goal is to make sure that people of faith do not are not purged from the workplace, and had we not stepped in, there would be hundreds of thousands, not just thousands, hundreds of thousands, uh, probably who do not have their jobs and we've restored uh, thousands of jobs uh, to people who lost their jobs and, and prevented many, many more from losing their jobs.
1: That's huge, very huge, especially in the last thing. And it's not the end of this whole government totalitarian, shutting things down, forcing the vaccination to have your religious uh, liberties and freedoms protected. So when people stand out in faith like this too, we know in the public sector or private sector, when you go woke, you go broke. We've seen it all across from Disney across Public schools typically are controlled by these unions that have a very a monopoly, if you will, uh, where the money funds the education, then it goes through the unions and of course it goes to the teachers and whatever. So there's hard to make change. It's not about the kids. So in Washington State, where you have Planned Parenthood involved and you have uh, these health clinics that can allow children to get abortions at 13 without parental notification, when they push this transgender ideology, like you said, taking their kids from their parents when the parents aren't involved, this is great to have someone, a champion, to say, parents, you you have the authority, first of all, and the right to protect your own children. You have options to pull them out of school or you have options if they're in there to be engaged and to be involved. And if you get in trouble, if they come against you, there's a place people like PJI and Brad here to come to your aid and rescue. Right.
2: Uh, absolutely. We, we are here. Uh, you know, when we were dealing with those title seven cases uh, for religious objections to 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 Vaxes, um, the uh, there were two very, very large organizations, I call them. And, Found no, no, out they're not going to—they're going to take any of them. Too controversial. Uh, too too many people needing help. I said send them all to us, and uh, we took and we've helped every single one of them. Uh, and and like also like with with churches and private schools and synagogues, you know those were shut down in blue states much longer, and it was tyrannical. Everything else was opened up except churches, and so we stepped in and we went into court. We went to the Supreme Court in the Gateway Church case. It was our case. We took it expeditiously all the way to the Supreme Court. We got a six to three decision ordering Governor Gavin Newsom of California, open up those churches now. And he did and it sent ripples across America. And since then, since that time, uh, governors of of blue states are now on the defense. And uh, we saw the governor of New York just recently defeated in one of her mandates uh, just just, just this this week. So I think we're gonna see uh, more and more successes moving forward. Uh, and then on on land use, we've helped churches. Right now, we just had a a big victory before the Ninth Circuit. We just found out Supreme Court is going to let our victory stand against the City of Salinas. They said a church wasn't allowed in the downtown area to be able to move to the other side of the street. That's all they wanted to do because they had a, a larger facility. They said churches, no, we're not going to let you because uh, churches aren't fun enough. Fun enough? <laughs> that was that's not my that's the word they used. They used a word yeah, with they only they one must syllable. Must been to my church. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> you know, they could have at least used a word with two or three syllables, try to sound a little more intellectual. But they said, no, no, churches aren't fun enough. And uh, we had to take it to the Ninth Circuit to prevail on that, but it sent great case law precedent uh, from uh, across the country. And we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very busy on the West Coast in particular, but we're keeping very busy now in New York as we've got uh, two offices in New York and uh, all across the country, we're keeping very busy on, on defending religious freedom, parents' rights, and the sanctity of human life. Sanctity of human life, let me touch on something else. We're defending you know, uh, two of the largest pro-life clinics in California, state of California, they're trying to find a way to shut them down since Roe versus Wade was overturned. But now we're also defending people on, on death row, medical death row who are about to, um, who may die because they're being denied organ transplants because they're refusing to get the vax. Even though studies show that the vaccine actually increases the likelihood that the body is gonna reject the organ you know, don't confuse me with the facts and the science. We've got seven percent of the hospitals with organ transplant organization sticking to that position that you have to be vaxed, and so we're going going to bat for uh, dozens and dozens needing help in this area um, to make sure that they, they get the pr- protection. We've already saved the life of one from a uh, University of Michigan's medical institution that was cultically dogmatic about requiring the vax, even though it was scientifically not supported. It was going to cost the life of someone waiting for a critically needed organ. Wow. Right there, we've you seen know, that
1: story after story, Doug, where people were taken off the transplant list because they wouldn't take the vaccine. That right there is you're sending them to their death. That's murder. right? right. It, it's through administration. So go ahead, Doug. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, you know, one of the things that I hear from people all the time is, you know, how, how can I make a difference? What, you know, I want to be salt. I want to be light. You know, I watch Tucker every day. I bought the pillow. What else can I do? You can go to pji.org and you can make a donation. You can give these guys 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Some of you can do a lot more than that. And everything helps. It's like the widow's two mites. These guys are in there every day and you don't know what could happen. And um, But what we're seeing is, is, particularly with these two church cases that he just mentioned and these parental rights cases and these transplant cases, these things are having huge reverberations throughout the country. And so this is a great investment. I want to encourage you. I get I get your newsletter, Brad. I get it, I read Thank it, you. my wife reads it, and it's just always like click, give. You know, you just want to help people like this because you guys what you're doing is so critical and so necessary. And so PJI org. We're talking to Brad Dacus with Pacific Justice Institute. You know, if you um if you have somebody who needs to hear this, you can go to DougandMarty.com after the broadcast. And occasionally Marty gets him up on time. And you can <laughs> you can podcast it on all your favorite podcasting. Just tell you can tell Alexa, hey Alexa, play Dougandmarty.com. She'll play the, the latest show for you. Um but this is one that you want to share. This yes. is one that you want to get out because um, these guys, these guys are great. Now a couple of years ago, when Marty and I tried to set up down there at the Olympia to do our show and the the state patrol ran us off and I told them, I said, you guys are violating our civil rights. We'll be back. We're going to comply because we're not dumb. And uh, our Washington state PJI, uh lady uh she was great she's she says doug don't get arrested you don't need to get arrested just go ahead and let them and then we'll we'll take it and i'm like well how much is this going to cost me and she's like a dollar i'm like i love you guys (laughs) but we won that because we pushed back we didn't have to litigate we didn't have she wrote a letter everything was fine and because of that people can now you know, could then go down there and do free speech events at their state capital. I mean, who would think that even that ridiculousness uh, would even happen, but a lot of stuff happened from 2020, right, Brad? I mean, you had, uh, you know, you talked about, uh, was that Cheon's church
2: that, that you saw? Uh,
1: Arthur,
2: okay. Yeah. The one that went all the way to the Supreme court. Anyway. is oh, yeah. is yeah, gateway church. And there were, there were four other churches a part of that lawsuit uh, but yeah, we've uh, we've gone to bat for churches in the, the northwest as well on on different issues. In fact, uh, you know, right now we're defending uh, it's the, uh, the the Church of Planned Parenthood they call it because mm-hmm. they do have an outside outside church outdoor church service on public property, not Planned Parenthood property, but it's near Planned Parenthood, and uh, we're defending their First Amendment rights. Um, you know, even uh, the, the local government and law enforcement uh, is they're not against. Uh, their, their rights. It's just Planned Parenthood. I'm not liking uh, the uh, that happening on a tr- Sunday morning, even when they're closed. They, they're claiming that their business is going down. Uh, <laughs> well, good. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: So, Brad, absolutely. you mentioned on your site at pji.org, you have a place for prayer warriors. Doug and I have been talking for years and much more so this year, how this is a spiritual war between good and evil, between God and the enemy being played out in our schools, being played out in the politics, being played out in the legal realm. You're a God's tool, if you will, uh, your group and your attorneys uh, put going to bat. But I'm assuming that you'll probably have pushback from the world and from the enemy. Since it is spiritual, how can we pray for you as well? And pray for your attorneys.
2: Yeah, I would pr- One, I'd pray for us to uh, to for God to guide the the attorneys that we have on our our litigation as we move forward and deal with more and more cases uh, and increase the the volume that they're taking on. uh, Number one, number two, that God will uh, lead and guide and direct new attorneys to us that need to be a part of our team as we try to deal with the issues and where we need an attorney in Maryland and and, in Tennessee and. Oregon and other places where we need more firepower, Colorado. Um, I think that's that's very important, and then, then also just having wisdom and discernment in dealing with uh uh, with our budget, and then also uh, for God to 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 for people to respond to whatever God's calling and leading might be for them to become a part of our team at PJI and and support our work. Um, we have, like I say, a, a monthly uh, giving pro- program that's been, have a, being matched dollar for dollar for every month in, the, in, the, uh, in this year, in 2023, uh, for those who become a, a monthly supporter of any amount. Um, you know, we don't want people ever to, to give to or support it uh, based on being coerced or we just don't do that at PJI. But we do want people to pray about it and really respond to the Lord's direction and to what role they're, you know, there to play. And, and we respect that no matter what it is.
0: You know, one of the things I just love about the Bible and and being Christians and all is that, you know, everybody has a job to do. Everybody can't do everything, but everybody can do something. And what we love about PJI is that you guys, you stay in your lane. This is what you do. But in order for you to do what you do, other people need to take risks. Other people need to step out and say, no, you're not doing that to my kid. Other people need to stand up and say, no, you're not shutting my church down. Other people need to say, no, I'm not taking this vaccine and you're not firing me. There has to be there has to be all of us doing our bit right in order for you to do your bit. If nobody stood up, if, if everybody was intimidated and whatever, then there wouldn't be any need because, you know, I, I what I always say this, the, the popular speech doesn't
2: need to be protected. It's only the unpopular, Right. Right. That's the speech needing the greatest protection is a speech that is the most unpopular. And unfortunately, uh, truth is very unpopular in some parts of our country and many cities of our country, many school districts in our country. Uh, and that's why we have to to step in to make sure that uh, at the very least we have an even playing field where truth and love can, can go out and have an impact and not be silenced. And I've never in my life ever dreamed that I would see the silencing and the censorship that we have seen on a macro and micro level than we've seen in the United States. And once again, God's blessed us with a great Supreme Court, great appointments by former President Donald Trump at the circuit court level, the, the, even the district court level. And uh, we're going full throttle forward, more aggressive than ever before uh, to uh, correct a lot of these wrongs that have taken place and really shore up these freedoms and opportunities we have to be uh, salt and light to a nation that needs salt and light like never before.
0: Well, we've only got a couple minutes left in the program would you mind just telling us you know we were talking about some cases what what are you working on right now that you're uh, excited about
2: yeah well uh, in addition to what we've talked about um, we have a case in uh, in oregon defending two teachers that were were fired because uh, their objection to using certain pronouns and violate their conscience they also uh, didn't want to hide material from parents so because that was their position, they were fired. Well, we've got them rehired, now we're suing for monetary damages. And I think that's that's very important. We have pronoun cases uh, in the country. And we also have cases um, you know, dealing with um, you know, the issues of, of uh, boys going in girls' locker rooms. We have a case that, uh, up in Oregon, I mean, excuse me, Washington State specifically representing a Korean spa for women and it's it's not a male spa; it's a Korean spa for women. <clears throat> a man comes in, and says, "I want to go in there and be naked with the women and their daughters." And this Christian-owned business says, "Absolutely not. We will not allow it." Long story short, the state of Washington Human Rights Commission is notified. They're suing this Christian-owned business for not compromising their faith and morality. And we're and we're representing them. It's a very important case. It could go all the way to Supreme Court. Um, and uh, but it's very important. So we go to bat for. For faith-based business, we have a training video for faith-based businesses called "Faith in the Workplace." Uh, we make available all across the United States to help and empower Christian-owned, uh, faith-based-owned businesses as well. So, um, yeah, we're uh, we're getting very, very busy uh, moving forward, and uh, we've uh, we got we're defending people in the military who are uh, still uh, not rehired because of their their faith and religious convictions. Uh, and then uh, we've also been uh, very actively involved in. Uh, even empowering churches to to know what their rights are, to have their voice heard. And we have a whole office helping churches do like voter registration and things like that, uh, which we know in the long run will have a big impact as as uh, the, the voice of truth and love is, uh, is heard from a biblical worldview, uh, not just in the courts, but also at the polling booth places as well. You know, I, love
0: I was, that uh, I was thinking- brother. Yeah, Go, go ahead.
1: ahead, go ahead, I, said, I love that because the truth is coming out piece by piece by piece. Uh, People's got their blinders on, they've been conditioned not to believe it, but it is coming out to your point. good Yeah,
0: so good. You know, and I I love what you were talking about, the appointments and stuff like that. But you know, a lot of these uh, judge positions, they are positions that are elected as well, particularly at the state level, county level, etc. And so I'm really hoping that we can uh, uh, recruit more attorneys to run for judge, right? And uh, a lot of times, uh, Our uh, judges are bad because we don't have anybody that steps up. So if you can help us with that, Brad, we would totally love that. But we thank you. Our guest today, Brad Dacus with the Pacific Justice Institute, pji.org. Get over there. There's resources for you. There's videos, there's all kinds of things, even based on our individual
2: state. Man, how the time flies, Marty. What is the deal? Oh, and one, one more quick thing before I forget. Our attorneys out there are ready to, to speak to your group, to your church, all throughout the United States. So don't hesitate to contact us, to have one of them speak without charge to give a, an important inspirational update to what's going on. Sounds fantastic. PJI.org. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the World. See
0: you next time. Bye-bye.